Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a show where we finally get to the bottom of an important scientific question everyone seems to be asking these days. Is itching low-level pain, or is it a whole different thing? Just wait. We do, in fact, have an answer to this burning question. Also, this week on Paradise, Eliza chases after Justin, some new women hit the sand, Gabby and Rachel dish some dirt, and Becca and Thomas throw a Sadie Hawkins dance. Women's equality is like so important. And I think this was the perfect way to capture that on the beach. (laughs) We're back to two episodes this week, which we're just so happy to have more content. Before we get started, I do want to say to everyone who has been messaging us about Love is Blind, that we (laughs) are covering Love is Blind season three on our other podcast and newsletter, Rich Text. And you can find that coverage at claireandemma.substack.com. So much emotional devastation on so many franchises. Yeah. So let's get back to the task. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of emotional devastation, it's time to resolve the Justin-Eliza situation. Um, Rodney and Eliza have just left paradise after Eliza dumped him to pursue Justin. The mood on the beach is somber. It's really, really somber. I mean, Brandon is not okay. Brandon is literally like taking a mournful walk to the beach to grieve, like alone in a private space together where they can find comfort in each other's arms. Andrew is in tears. Um, Everyone is just lying around like they've been physically stunned by this news. Brandon is with Serene, sobbing into her smooth, glowing neck and being like, this man deserves love more than anyone. Rodney's husband material. He doesn't need a woman who sees a shiny object and runs to it. That's the lesson Eliza will learn. 
I mean, I think she just wasn't the one for Rodney, Brandon. Your bud's going to be okay. He's out here in L.A. I think his DMs are probably overflowing. He'll find his person. He's going to be a wonderful partner soon to the right woman. And if Eliza wasn't that woman, she has every right to want to date someone else instead. Correct. And that doesn't make her like a magpie or something. (laughs) Uh, Serene tries to comfort Brandon by saying like, he actually deserves someone who will know when they meet him and won't be curious about any other guys. And he's going to find that person. And Brandon cradles Serene in his manly arms. He's like, I'm so thankful for you. You're the most beautiful thing in this dark place. I love you. I'm never going to stop loving you. I like how they're not even trying to like keep us guessing as to whether these two are going to get engaged. They're just like, obviously, we all know it will be happening. I love that also Paradise has just fully become hell. Like no one (laughs) is happy. Even the people who are the happiest are unhappy. They're like, It's not that we're in paradise, the perfect place to find love. It's that we're in the hopeless place and we found love in the hopeless place. And like, good for us, like pat on the back. It's a thing you did despite all of the forces being against you. Yeah, despite being miserable, constantly battling depression and pain. And also the natural elements. Exactly. And uh, so Eliza is on her way and hilarious to me in the moment. Kate is like, I hope Eliza feels a weight lifted. She leaves alone, but she leaves with integrity. (gasps) She's always got that integrity. (laughs) Eliza, meanwhile, she is just wandering the streets of Baltimore in her white bustier top and jeans. She arrives at Justin's door and he opens his door in his soft shorts and t-shirt and looks confused. Yeah, he sort of smiles eventually and welcomes her in, but he doesn't seem that excited. And his in the moment, he's like, seeing her was like seeing a ghost. Like, I'm happy, but I'm confused. Like, he doesn't look happy. So Eliza breezes in. She sits down with him and she tells him that the second he left, something clicked for her. She's like, I let all the outside pressure, what everyone else wanted, factor into my decision. I was so stressed out. I was so confused. I don't think I even realized it until you were gone. And that's when I realized I made the wrong choice. And Justin, hearing this, naturally looks pained. I would say he looks as though he's just received terrible news. Yes. (laughs) This is not a man who's like, the love of my life has returned to me. This is a man who's like, wait, I can't believe this. How long do I have left, doctor? Like, that's his sort of (laughs) general, rubbing his face with his hand. This is when Eliza really hands Justin the ammunition he needs to be able to break up with her. I almost feel like he was asking follow-up questions, hoping that she would give him, because that's exactly (laughs) how it worked out. She's like, he's like, tell me exactly what happened with Rodney. And she says, well, the morning after the rose ceremony, I broke up with Rodney right away. And he's like, well, what did you say to him? And she says, well, I told him he deserves someone who would choose him first with no second thoughts. And I finally went after what I wanted, and that's you. I told him that I was going to leave and pursue you. Again, Justin is just, like, filling the airspace, <laughs> buying himself time to figure out how how to respond to this. He definitely seems very shocked. Yeah. But he's just like, I haven't unpacked yet. He like, gestures it- to all his suitcases <laughs> by the wall. 
It's conceivable. I mean, he left at night. She left first thing in the morning. It's conceivable that they were on flights at around the same time, if that timeline is accurate. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Unless he was rushed right to a red eye. I don't know. I'm inclined to think that, like, maybe it had been a couple days and he had just left his suitcases on untouched which would be relatable to me but like why but would it have been knows? a couple days you know i don't know like what yeah, would she have I been doing know. we know within the timeline of the show that she left 12 hours after he did roughly like less than 24 hours so it's fair i typically don't fully unpack for I do 12 not. hours or more after returning much also. to the chagrin of my partner <laughs> um but he he takes what Eliza says ultimately and says, like, something you said there is interesting <laughs> to me. You said Rodney deserves someone who would choose him first without hesitation. And that's what I want. And you chose Rodney. So, yeah. He's like, I want someone that's sure of me. That's not what happened. You chose Rodney. That shit hurts. And he's like, I know it was a lot for you to tell Rodney and come all the way to Baltimore, but why did it have to get to that point? I was right there for you. And, I, you know, I'm having this realization now. I can choose people. I can put people first. But if they don't do the same, you have to choose yourself. And the light has begun to dim in Eliza's face. Oh, this is so rough. And he's like, look, I'm sorry. No, that's what you that's not what you wanted to hear. And she's just resigned. Like, everyone is leaves the beach so beaten down. They're <laughs> yeah. just like, okay, have I fulfilled my duties? Like, do I, am I released now? Yeah. She's like, oh, look, okay, I can't fight you on what you feel is right for you. Which I think is, like, ultimately, I do think that she could have, I think she could have a case to be sort of like, you know, I am making this really big gesture. And, like, it wasn't that long that I had even known you and everyone expected me to stay with Rodney. So like doing this is like huge, a huge gesture that I'm choosing you. But ultimately what she's hearing, I think uh, correctly is that he's not really interested anymore. And so there's no point in like arguing to him that he should still be interested. Like why would she want to be with a guy who has to be convinced that he should still be into her when all she did was make a big romantic gesture of flying to Baltimore to see him. She's like, whatever. Okay. I tried. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. She then goes outside and we get an ITM with her and we have a clip of that. Yes, I know I messed up and that's on me, but I came back right away and I just, like I flew across the country for you and I've only known you for three days like that's that's a lot and okay I messed up like I get it but like like this is this is me saying I'm sorry and showing you so if that's not enough and that kind of tells me what I need to hear so definitely not what I was expecting yeah I mean I really felt for Eliza in this moment I support everyone doing what's best for them but it's hard for me not to think that like if Justin was really ready to put Eliza first he was really that into her, this probably would have been enough. That's the thing. That's the thing. And I don't think he should force it, but it does yeah. make me feel like he wasn't that into her. Yeah, it does kind of make me feel that way. Sorry, Justin. Like, that's just my feeling. Someone I was really into, 12 hours later, they they dumped me, came chasing after me, flew to Baltimore for me. 
and were like, you were the one I wanted all along, I would be so excited. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd be fucking psyched. I'd be and, like, I don't know. Thank you for like, you've done enough. Like, you don't have to apologize anymore. This is my rom-com moment. <laughs> Not that rom-com <laughs> moments are particularly healthy in real relationships, but I would go with it. So back in paradise, Florence is like looking around. She's like, listen, we all miss Rodney, but the vibes here are toxic. Like it really is. There's, and she's right. There's a scene in, um, in Arrested Development when uh, Michael comes into the room and all of his like deadbeat siblings are laying around on couches. And he's like, is there a carbon monoxide leak in here? And that's sort of how I feel whenever they cut back to paradise here. This episode, everyone's just laying around like they're slowly succumbing to a carbon monoxide leak at all times. Like their bodies can't fight it anymore. It is fully just like <laughs> depression. Beach. It's so sad. It's so sad. And Flo is just like, come on, maybe something will change. And it will. Mara is there to, I guess, allow Florence to also join depression. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're like, we can make everyone happier or we can make Flo also sad. And they went with the latter. So Mara joins the beach fresh in her little white skirt set, ready to party with these despondent singles. She breezes in with lots of energy. She cheerfully just like goes up to the whole crew as they're laying like barely even able to twitch on the day bed. She's like, hey, everyone, like so excited to be here. I'm Mara, like Marinara, and I have this date card. Mara, it's time to get saucy. And everyone is just like, uh, they're like, I want to smile, but I can't. It's too much energy. And Mara's like, what is happening? <laughs> am I a ghost? Like, <laughs> am I that unpleasant to see? But she breathes, she plows through. She's like, Andrew, let's talk first. He's like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm coming. They go sit down and she's he's not okay. He's not okay. And it's very obvious. And Mara is not trying to deal with someone who is checked out. She starts saying like, what's your deal? And he sort of like looks back toward the group as he starts to answer. And she says, I'm over here. <laughs> and he's like, what? Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. I like, I think I'm in a relationship, but maybe like not as much as most people are. I don't know. I think I'm in a relationship. He is not well. Buddy, he's not he's doing great. He's not well. Like, this man need needed to self-eliminate days ago. He's just in, a, like, a miasma of sadness at this point. He can't see clearly through it. He's like, I've had a rough day because Rodney left. And she's like, oh, that's why the energy is so bad in here. And he's like, yeah, it's not you. It's just we're all, like, pretty bummed about it. And she's like, I guarantee I could change your mood if I wanted to. And he's like, we'll see. And <laughs> she's she, like, well, um, I guess maybe not. Maybe she's like, not. you actually do look really depressed. <laughs> I'm losing confidence. So she starts grabbing people. Logan and Johnny are like, we're off limits. Then finally, she has to grab one of the twins because really what options are left? I, I have feel so bad for the women that always come in at this point. Yeah. It's just like, what? Like It's what? never good. <sighs> it's never a good outcome. Sometimes it is a better outcome than others, but it's never a good outcome. Never. 
Never. It's somewhere in between like wandering the beach alone, crying for an hour and then leaving and like getting into what seems like a pretty good relationship. But then it ends after two days because it's not ready for prime time yet. Right. I feel like they need to change the structure of this show so that there is some sort of like tailing off of the process that is more formalized, like another step between they have they to don't between choosing that. to go to overnight. Look how much chaos bringing in the, these last I know. few women. Created. I That's know they, they love wanted. it. They're like how they really do. They're just like how many women can we just completely humiliate? Exactly. So she grabs Justin. They sit down. Justin is like, "So you're Italian?" And she's like, "No, I'm Puerto Rican." He was like, "Yeah, I was gonna say like Italian or Puerto Rican, probably." Were you? It seems like both of the twins think she's Italian, I guess, because she mentions marinara and also because they're just like so ready to talk about being <laughs> Italian or European. That's like their main thing that we ever hear them talk to people about is just like Europe <laughs> and Italy, to which they have never been. They have never been. <laughs> but they just yeah. love it and feel very attached. And then they talk about their tans a little bit, you know, since they can't talk Mara's- about Europe. Mara's clearly just like, I'm here to, like, do something and not to immediately go home. So I guess I'm asking Justin out on this date. Yeah. She's like, he is a decade younger than me, I'm pretty sure. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. But sure, let's play up the cougar thing by taking out the youngest guy on the beach. Let's play. I'm like, don't worry. They will. They will, in fact, play up the cougar thing. She knows. That's the thing. They all make these comments now, not even in a way. Some of them make them in a way that makes clear to me that they really think that it is just cougarific and wild for a woman to date a younger man. But it also often seems kind of self-aware. Like, they're like, oh, I see. Yeah. This is going to be a cougar thing. All right. Yeah, they're like, oh, I are. see what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll do it. Um, I mean, okay. Yeah. Let Charming. me be in on it. That at least feels a little better. <laughs> right. That's my best option at this point, I guess. And Florence is concerned i would say later flow is like i've been trying to be so nice since she came in and she immediately gave me sass what i'm seeing is that flow is very um immediately suspicious and shooting a lot of cagey looks at mara just bad vibes like she's not happy to see justin go on a date she's making little jabs already she's like i guess justin will be the path of least resistance for mara i'm like he is for you too like let's be honest about what's going on here (laughs) again it's the only option yeah and then when mara comes down in her date look she she comes and sits down with the, the crew and playfully says to joey i hope your brother's ready i'm so ready Sorry, Flo. And Flo's like, and then Mara says to the other girl, she's like, she says, oh, Flo's like, fuck you. And then she laughs and blows a kiss to Flo. Like, just kind of like lightly teasing Yeah, she's being playful, but Flo is just not here for it. It's just like, she's already, like, it's sassy, but she's responding to Flo's energy, which is that everything in Flo's body language and facial expression is in fact saying, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no winning. And Mara's not a shrinking violet. She's leaning into it. She can handle herself. Flo says, I'll be ready when he gets back. And Mara says, Nothing wrong with a little competition. And Flo says, Who said anything about competition? 
And Mara's like, okay, now we're getting saucy. I think that Mara's like, this is all in good fun. And Flo is like, she's a bitch and I hate her. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Mara's just like, okay, I see what this is. I knew I was coming in at the end. I'm just going to have fun. Which she like does, I would say, more successfully than any of the other women who are in the unhappy position of coming in at the end. I just want to say to Flo, I know how it is to not realize how transparent your facial expressions are, (laughs) but you should know that you are not giving nice during these moments when Mara first came in. You are giving stay the fuck away from my twin. Yeah, as someone who also has very transparent (laughs) facial expressions, I feel for her. Yeah. We understand. Sometimes people will read your energy even if you think that you're (laughs) successfully keeping it all inside because it's written all over your face. So Mara and Justin head off on their date and they are getting the gross food date. Again, they're, they're really running low on options. And also, of course, because this is a humiliation date. And this is the only kind of date that Justin has had because they also had a you're the meat and the taco challenge yeah. on his double Joey date. And, Joey and Justin are just like, okay, again, everyone here is like, we're going to make the most <laughs> of this. At every turn, they're like, I'm the little the little traditional Mexican treat and things are being sprinkled and rubbed on me and I'm just <laughs> going with it. It's They do this every season and... I just, the thing is, I just don't enjoy watching it. I know that it's like these people are here for our entertainment to cover themselves in chocolate and sugar and melted butter, but I'm not entertained. I'm repulsed. Try harder. Try harder. Right. I, I mean, if you're going to the torture them, made them, make it fun for me. Exactly. The part where they made them get into a pool of chocolate after they thought they were going to get the opportunity to wash off. And then they're like, it's like cold. <laughs> so they got like this is just they get into like a hot tub sized <laughs> pool of chili chocolate syrup. Why? <laughs> it might just be like water with brown food coloring. Like it's really hard to tell. No, it was thick. It was oh. viscous. Because Mara gets it on her hands and like oh, puts yeah, it on Joey's it. face. And you can tell that is chocolate syrup. No thanks. These you. two, honestly, I have to commend them. They did as well as you can with this kind of date. They make out. And Mara's like, hey, he's a great kisser. I'm sure that there are parts of it that, you know, if you're covered in melted butter and sugar and you're getting rubbed down, maybe it feels sort of good. But clearly there was a lot of just good sportsmanship going into their performance on this date. Back on the beach, we get a little check-in with Victoria and Johnny. And they have been doing well ever since we learned that they're on completely different pages and then they just sort of tabled that and Victoria picked Johnny and everything was fine. Victoria's like, I can see him being my person forever. I don't say that lightly, but we haven't gone super deep yet. It's mostly just been the like eating ice cream together and taking naps by the pool stuff. So they sit on the beach at night and they talk about their family. It seems like they have... Similar dads, which they bond over in the sense that their dads are both like mean to them, but it's nice and loving. Mean in a loving way. (laughs) Johnny's like, Yeah, my dad used to always call me pork chop. She's like, Yeah, my dad made fun of me too. I mean, it's awful. Like, they're both like, Haha, my dad fat shamed me and had a little fat shamey nickname for me. And he just loves me so much. And I'm like, What am I listening to? (laughs) Do better, parents. Uh, yeah. Um, rough. 
it's it's always sweet to see children like recasting and framing their parents bullying them as like this really sweet sweet bond that they share so then johnny says that a lot of shit has gone down with his older brother recently and he initially doesn't tell her what this means but she presses a little bit and it's clear that he's like do i feel okay talking about this on tv Mm -hmm. but also this is something that is a really big thing that's happening in my family so like he wants to tell his girlfriend about it right yeah it it is hard because the cameras are always there and though they have a lot of conversations we don't see that doesn't mean that they will just choose not to share this conversation that feels very personal and sensitive to you so you always have to be thinking about that when you're talking with your partner that but at the same time it's almost like wow they're really close to potentially getting engaged and it sounds like she doesn't know much about him and vice versa it's a very odd dynamic it is so he says that his brother is in prison right now and that his mom is really not doing well yeah and victoria strokes his hair and comforts him and is like you can tell me anything like i'm here for you and johnny is really touched and the by the way the sound quality also abysmal during the scene oh abysmal you can tell they really wanted to include it because you can barely hear what they're saying because yeah it's just crashing all water but they they still clearly wanted to get the conversation in and they they both seem like bonded together by this moment it is like we don't really know much about what's going on with his brother. I feel like we just met both of his brothers on hometowns. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like I maybe this is something that happened very recently. Yeah, like in between filming The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. It's yeah, we don't really know, but it we don't know like a really fraught time for them. It sounds hard, and yeah. yeah Johnny is at least now like, well, Victoria supports me. I can confide in her. And he says, I'm becoming more open to the possibility of being engaged. It happens when you're not looking for it. And I was not looking for it. That's so true. (laughs) Again, it's so like weird and sad to watch this now. The way that you should get engaged actually is to be like, I don't want to get engaged. I'm not ready for that in my life. And that's (laughs) when the perfect person will come along and get a ring on it. Yeah, no, it is really weird <laughs> to watch this knowing knowing what happens. Meanwhile, Logan and Kate also need to do a little check-in, a little maintenance on that old relation. And <laughs> so at this point, it feels like a million years ago, but Kate at the rose ceremony like the night before told Logan that she needed more from him, and he still has not like addressed it with her. And He's ready to finally sit down and have that have that talk. But she also wants to have a talk. She's like, I still feel like in the real world, we're not in the same place. You know, he's 26. He drives an orange Honda. He has a broken phone. He's a dog walker. Me? I'm a wower. I wow. I like to be I'm like, be do you wow. mean you sell luxury real estate and <laughs> yeah. have a lot more money than him? Like, I mean, yeah. Again, <laughs> They are in different places in their life. That is a fair concern. But I'm like, 
I don't know, man. There's a lot, been a lot of shaming of like low wage jobs I during know. this season, and it makes me feel weird. God forbid you drive a lift or walk a dog and, yeah. and want to fall in love. <laughs> Get out of here, sir, in your orange Honda. Logan pulls her away to chat and tells her that he wants to talk about some stuff, specifically that though he didn't let on in the moment, he was pretty hurt after the rose ceremony. And he he explains, I think, very thoughtfully his experience of what happened. I think we have a clip. Last week was like a really big week for you and I. You know, you went on the date, but like we got through it. And in my mind, it was like a, a triumph, like a celebration of like getting through a lot of stuff. And then for you to say, I need you to step it up, that that kind of like really hurt me because I felt like if that was your summary of our week together, then like we had very different experiences because like I thought it was a good week and I thought maybe there was like positives that we would celebrate rather than sort of like a warning. Oh, Logan. I was <laughs> impressed by this, I have to say. I think that Logan, I am shocked by this, but Logan during this season is proving himself to actually be quite a thoughtful communicator. Yeah. And, you know, I don't actually think that he wasn't a thoughtful communicator on The Bachelorette. Like, his one big crime was the fact that he wanted to switch at all. It's not that he communicate. Well, like, did he time his communication properly? Maybe not. But I never felt like when he was trying to speak to what he was doing that it was thoughtless or poorly worded or harsh. Some of the other guys really put their foot feet in it and he I know he I think has shown himself to be a pretty considerate communicator when he's in conversation but I'm it's like, really I shining actually, through this week because Kate yeah. makes it tough at times but it also makes me understand why women who are older than him would be open to dating him yeah because like he, he can't have those conversations yeah exactly yeah. he does have some of that emotional maturity and he can communicate um and Kate is like, you know, I'm sorry if I made you feel I was critiquing you, which she, she was critiquing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's okay, but she was. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I was just letting you know that the growth that we did have this week was driven by me steering the ship, as I told you. And I don't always want it to be that way. And he's and Logan, like offended by this. I also thought like he held his own in this conversation. Like he was like, well, I don't actually think that that's true. And she says, how do you figure? And he says, well, the way that I show care sometimes are not things you pick up on. And it's sad because you're someone that I want to understand me. And he says, like, you know, there was a time when I've spoken about how I feel about you very publicly. And it's like those kind of things feel big to me, but don't seem to land to you. Yeah. Kate is like, oh, I didn't realize that that was a big thing for you. She says it sort of dismissively, too. And he's like, oh, so that doesn't carry any weight for you? And she says, don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that. I'm appreciative of it. But you're acting like it's a grand gesture to say how you feel about me in front of everyone. And I just didn't feel like it was. I thought this was an interesting conversation because, I mean, despite the fact I have quibbles with some of how Kate acts, I, I do feel like this is a thing that real couples have to deal with when you, like, when one person feels as though something they're doing indicates 
a particular feeling and the other person just isn't receiving it like that. Like my boyfriend and I have very different ways of expressing love. And this is something like not obviously not this exactly, but it's the kind of conversation we've had to have, which is like, hey, when I do this thing, this is what it means to me. And you have to kind of learn to to receive people's actions to an extent in the way that they in the way that they intend them, in the way that they show yeah. care and show love. And you also have to try to show love in the way that the other person that receives. the other person So needs. it's a meeting right. in the middle. Exactly. And there, there is just something so fascinating about this conversation to me because it's so calm despite clearly how charged, easy, charged it is, how easy it would be yeah. for, for Logan to get pretty upset or for Kate to get upset. They're both yeah. keeping it very calm. They're trying to actually get through to each other. And they make progress, you know. Yeah, I think like it that works pretty even well. when Kate says some tough things, like she's like, oh, I was really prying things out of you. I didn't like that. When I pull you for a tough conversation, I need you to show up. You didn't ask me to go on the date, but you're harboring some resentment that I went. Like that, I would be react so defensively to that. Logan yeah. keeps his cool. They keep talking. And at the same time, I'm like, how are you going to make progress? Because I don't necessarily think that Kate is being fully clear with him about what her actual concerns are. Needs are. Like, because her actual concerns are you don't have enough money. Right. Like she keeps being like, I need more from you. And I'm like, you need more money. You need more for him to be established in his career. You need him to be more, have more years under his belt. Like those are, again, like with Johnny and Victoria, I understand being like he's at the wrong point in his life for what yeah. I'm looking for. But to just sort of be like, step it up, like, show me you're a man and then not really make clear like, oh, for this to work out, I need you to like be really passionate and committed to a career and and ambitious. And I need us to be like a power couple. Right. You need to be explicit. And, and then he can be like, either I'm interested in step in, in right. proving that to you or I'm not like or I'm, I'm not. the dog walker in an orange Honda and I like myself. Right. So they're, exactly. doing, they're doing a lot of work to get through these like sort of relationship level communication issues, but not but touching the, bigger the third things, rail. <laughs> right. The bigger things go unaddressed. This conversation in isolation, though, I thought was was pretty great. Yeah, they they work through it. You know, he expresses again that like when Mara pulled him for a date, he was like, I'm off limits. But when you were pulled for a date, you didn't do that. But I didn't want to like put you on a hook. I didn't want to just tell you what to do. and. Kate is like, well, you're having all these feelings, but you're just giving me two-word answers. I don't get it. And he says, well, now you know the wiring behind it. Doesn't it make sense? And she says, yeah, but now you know the wiring behind me. Doesn't it make sense? It's not enough for me. And he's like, yeah. And so they both, they have had this very like fraught situation that continues to come back up for them. And they're both just like, we can get closer to understanding each other on this. We're going to make progress. Yeah. Maybe we'll get there all the way one day. I'm like, you won't, but this is still good <laughs> communication. <laughs> it's still good practice. Yeah. She ultimately kind of wraps up the conversation by being like, please don't change. I see you. I love that. These conversations are tough, but that's where the growth is. And they make out. And really, what is the reward for good communication on this beach, if yeah. not a hot, hot makeout sesh on a day bed? Exactly. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. And then Mara and Justin return from their date. She feels great about how it went. She's like, I'm ready to get to know him better. 
kick it by the pool with him and Shanae and Joey. The the four of them sit down on a day bed to hang out for a little bit. And Flo is not loving this. She's pissed. It seems like Justin comes back and like does not talk to her. Yeah, Justin is, I will say maybe the thing that seems the most boyish Young. to me. <laughs> and they are like, indeed baby faced but like i really think it is almost that passivity that people see the most um and are latching onto the most that it's just like a pretty lady asked me on a date like okay i'm gonna go with her and then what i don't have like responsibilities like i'm just here floating around like following whatever pretty lady is pulling on my hand and it doesn't seem like malicious it's just completely oblivious to what the the fraught social dynamics are. Exactly. They are not into reading rooms. They're just sort of floating about. (laughs) Imagine them reading a room. I can't. (laughs) I cannot. Them walking into a room being like, oh, I see what's going on here. It's a really complex dynamic. But of course, Florence being pissed just gives people like Aaron permission to joke about how they are, quote, cradle robbers in competition. The the cradle robbing theme is big on this season, which I'm sorry, I'm so livid about it because none of them have an age gap as big as the two most successful, happy couples from the last season, Joe and Serena. Literally enraging. And... Mari and Kenny both have age gaps bigger than the twins with any of the women they go out with. Yes. And no yes. one that we just have some jokes about how Joe's old and like Kenny's old, but he still looks so hot. Are they cradle robbers? Are they cougars? Are 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 their girlfriends like are they just escorting them to daycare? Are they babysitting? No, no one says any of that shit. They expect women to be like little full-grown adult adults at the age of 23 who are ready to like be competent roommates and partners who can take care of their shit. And do, I guess, care work for their partners who are 10 to 15 years older than them and will be infirm. I can't believe that cradle robbing <laughs> has become a theme on this season when it's the women who are older when it of was course. like all of the all of the biggest romantic couplings of last season had bigger age gaps and and it did not become a theme at all and it's like they're able to do this because the twins are kind of so dopey that like none of these women are actually interested in like i don't think any of them are interested in like a long-term relationship but they knew that and they set this up like they want us to laugh at women in their 30s who would dare to date younger men. And they want us to romanticize men who are with women who are much younger. And it's like, again, this is not an attack on any particular couples. I think people in varying age ranges can end up being good match for each other. But like, yeah, there are some serious patterns that are worth digging yeah. into. And it's really frustrating. And part of what does drive me kind of nuts about it is the fact that then there is this pressure on women to grow up quickly, to like be old enough right. to be a good partner for like a 40 year old at 25. And it's, it's expected. It's assumed that men are not going to be mature enough to be a good partner. So if you, if you date them, then like, that's what you're buying into. You just got to 
put up with this cute little puppy that makes messes on the floor until they're like 28. And then maybe, you know, you can start nudging them to learn how to properly defrost chicken or whatever. Like, it's just the differing expectations that are built into those um, archetypes. Oh, it makes me so mad. So Johnny very generously and progressively is like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with a little cougar action. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Equality. I also want to say that they definitely clipped a comment <laughs> that jo- that Logan had made when the twins first arrived and used it again in this episode. I just hope really they used it, it twice because if not, I'm like, Logan, you got to stop making that joke. <laughs> Wasn't that good the first time. Flo has invested in Justin at this point. Um, I don't know if she expected that to be the case when they first went on a date, but she is enjoying her time with him. She doesn't want to leave. And so she is just walking around the beach, simmering with rage. She is venting to everyone about how she's been kicked to the side. She sits about two feet away from Justin in a separate little group, talking openly to her friends about how weird it is that she's right there and Justin and Mara aren't acknowledging her. And it also isn't just, it's because of his twin brother and Shanae that it's almost like she's like the girl who's been replaced in the popular group. Like, she's like, none of them are talking to me now. Like, I've been tossed aside and another girl has been slotted into my spot. And like, when I try to sit with them at the lunch table now, they just look right through me. Poor Flo. Oh, don't don't do the high school stuff again. You're you're over 30. So finally, she's like, I'm going to go home. This is ridiculous. Danielle is like, yeah, Flo doesn't need to sit around and wait for a boy to make up his mind. She's a woman, a saucy manx, a hurricane, hurricane Flo. <sighs> we can't get away from those women as tropical storms thing. A lot we? of really low key hurricanes this year. A woman who's a hurricane yeah. who's just like sort of murmuring like, I don't like the way he's treating me. Hmm, I'm going to yeah. go to my room <laughs> as hurricanes do. So Justin finds Flo packing and he's clearly been sent up. Someone's like, we gotta, (laughs) we're making something out of this. Go, go get her, Justin. (laughs) And he's like, can we talk before you leave? So they, they chat. She's like, you are my only connection. It isn't really working out. There is a disconnect. So I'm going to go. And he's like, what's the disconnect? He's so oblivious. And she's like, okay, you went on a date, which is fine, but then you came back and you literally didn't speak to me. And he's like, oh, well, I just want to be with you. Yeah, what? Like, you didn't talk to her for, like, 18 hours, and you're now you're like, wait, why do you think I'm not into you anymore? You're the one I'm interested in. That's why I was sitting with Mara and, and Joey and Shanae ignoring you all morning. You're the one that I really feel connected to. At this point, Mara has spotted them on the daybed. She is approaching them rapidly. And she's hoping she's going to be triumphant in this love triangle. And the dot that is left on the other end of the line that will result. So Florence leaves them to talk. Still a little bitter at Mara, who she compares to a magpie. She's like, but Justin chose me. So there you go. And Justin does indeed sit Mara down and he's like, we had a really fun date, but I have a stronger connection with Flo. And Mara's like, okay, well, I wish you'd been more open and honest with me from the get-go. I don't even know what that means. And Justin is like, I felt an attraction to you, but my feelings for Flo didn't go away. 
And she's like, all right, well, all best to you. And her in the moment, she's like, I don't like wishy-washy men. I invested so much of myself to get nothing. I mean, you didn't really, but I understand why it sucks being rejected. Of course it does. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You didn't invest that much. One evening and a couple hours this morning and wishy-washy, like, do you want him to go on a date with you or not? Like that is, he's supposed to be taking, I'm like, I don't know that as an opportunity to gather information about whether he wants to be with you or wishy-washy at all. He was in fact, like, I thought about it and I'm not choosing you. That's pretty decisive. It wouldn't feel wishy-washy if you were the one being chosen. What would be wishy-washy is to be like, I don't know. I feel like I really want to see where things go with flow, but like we have something really good. So I think we should still keep talking and we'll see what, what happens. Exactly. It's actually being very clear. This is the thing, the way that like going on dates has been stigmatized on this show. Yeah. Now it's like literally against the rules, which is the whole point of the show. (laughs) It's against the rules of the show to participate in the structure of the show. So she heads back to take a shot and cry with her friends. And meanwhile, happy to report that Logan has really taken in that talk about him stepping it up. And he has acted. He has sent a drink up to the women's room for Kate. And Kate, of course, is very touched. She tells her friends, we'd love to see the initiative. It was free, though. (laughs) Does she know how to receive a gesture that isn't financial in some way? No, I don't think so. She's like, where's your skin in the game? It's tough for her. (laughs) But Logan is feeling, Logan's feeling good about things. He's like, we had that tough conversation. And yeah, it's like I clearly things are going well. Clearly, I really like her if I'm willing to do all of this and open up so much for her. So things are really good. And Kate's like, it would be better if he was spending more money on me. But sure, we'll take it. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> we're in sort of a prisoner situation where no one is spending any money. He should but... find a way to spend money on her. <laughs> and that's when things will really take off for them. <laughs> Sneak out, um... get a job in a local town, earn some money. <laughs> I don't know. It better be a good job, Claire. Um, Okay. On that note, we are going to take a quick break. And when we get back, a new arrival will be on the beach. Can you keep up? I like love it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. 
Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back, and it's time for some hot and sexy new arrivals. First, NC in a bright orange set, nervous but excited. She is interested in Andrew. She's just, like, only there for Andrew. Yeah. She pulls him right away. And it seems like she is someone that he also had expressed interest in. She's definitely on his list. Yeah. And she introduces herself. And he's like, yeah, I know who you are. You came from New York? Yeah. I might know a little bit about you. Like, it's clear that he has made himself aware of NC's biographical details and yes. was hoping to meet her. And he has that little edge of, like, nervousness of, like, oh, I kind of want her to like me. And Andrew is so adorable when he's in that headspace. Yeah. You, it feels like he's kind of lighting up in a way that we haven't seen him light up in a while. And 
he tells her he's had a rocky go and it's like, you bring good energy and I needed this. It's like a restart. Meanwhile, his beach girlfriend, Jasenia, is watching like a hawk, not knowing that he is planning to have a restart and hoping instead, in fact, that they are going to pursue something after this together. So she's like <sighs> kind of freaking out at this point. And then before NC uses her date card, another arrival, Lindsay W. in an ice blue set. So everyone's like, ooh, fire and ice. They definitely like got them those sets. They're very similar sets in like coordinating colors. They they both looked beautiful. (laughs) She grabs Logan and he tells her he's talking to Kate. It's going well. He sort of pauses. Then he's like, unfortunately, most people are already kind of talking to someone and you know, kind of coupled up. And she asks if he would at least be open to going on a date. And he's like, I would need to talk to Kate. This answer did surprise me, I will say. Clearly he was into Lindsay. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you think Kate is going to say? Yeah, like, obviously she's going to say no. I think, I I don't know, maybe he was like, well, (laughs) maybe she'll just like, let me out of this arrangement. Yeah. I don't know. I will say the I don't one know. Thing or that... or is he kind of trying to test her? It was like a little yeah. bit unclear to me what his play was here. Or maybe he's trying to like model for her what she should have done with Hayden. Right. Or something. I don't know. It's very <laughs> it was, weird. It wasn't wise if what he wanted was to like keep going on a good trajectory. That's the thing. I don't think that it's like wrong. No. Per se to do it. But I'm like, how did you think this was going to play out? Yeah, like it obviously was going to risk his relationship with Kate if he yeah. considered it. And like, that's fine, but own it. Personally, I think he should risk his relationship with Kate. But yeah, like, I it, think don't like, pretend maybe he that's not just, what you're doing. <laughs> should have just gone on a date with Lindsay. But so Lindsay and NC have double date cards, which they read aloud in unison. And then NC asks Andrew on the date, and he says yes. Lindsay asks Logan, and he says, I need to talk to Kate first. And Kate says, let's, in a very chilly tone. They move to the side to talk, and Kate's like, what? Like, seriously? I'm having whiplash. We just had this good conversation that brought us closer. And now this. Like, yeah, she's she's like, I'm surprised you're even entertaining this after our conversation. Which I understand. Yeah, she says, it makes me wonder if the words you said even mean anything anymore he's like yes of course i would never say yes to a date or or i'm even open to it i put your name first and that's why we're here having this conversation do you appreciate stuff like that i feel like you're disappointed and critical constantly and kate says critical when (laughs) who me listen you gotta own it if my husband calls me critical i just gotta say you know it's true that is true you chose me (laughs) and i'm a critical person and we know this and he's like now you're being critical at the rose ceremony you are critical i feel like you look down on me and she's like not at all and i'm like kate i'm like you you do do. (laughs) you literally quite literally look down on him from your elevated age and socioeconomic status and you're like, uh, I need you to try to climb higher to match me. <laughs> and uh, this is when he brings up the date with Hayden. And she's like, that was different. We hadn't had a defining conversation. And our last conversation felt like a defining conversation. 
And she says, like, you don't want me to have a reaction. I'm giving you a reaction. I don't want you to go. And I will say that this is the right thing to say. Like, she yeah. should be honest with her feelings. And she is being direct. She is I at feel least like, giving him honestly, what, he, what she asked for from him with Hayden. Right. Right. I'm going to say I think they're both doing what the other one wanted. Right? Like, he's like, I'm modeling for you what I wish you would have done. And she's like, well, I'm modeling for you. Right. What I wish you would have done. <laughs> but the thing is that, like, what he really would have wanted her to do was just say no. And, like, he did that with Mara. And I'm like, you could have done no, it he again. Was just, he was into Lindsay. Yeah, he was into Lindsay. And he was, I think, testing Kate a little bit. And Kate is really thrown by this whole conversation. She tells him she doesn't want him to go. They part ways. She goes back to her friend's to vent and i think we have a little clip of her reaction to this conversation logan is resentful about my date with hayden there's just no way he's not that was literally eons ago i'm a different person now <laughs> eons ago she's a different person it was in the like last four days. Two days maybe four maybe she has maybe like a tiny sliver of fingernail growth on her that's new since that happened, maybe. I'm like, I do understand that they have had some defining conversations since then. Of course. Like, she feels like the stakes of their relationship have changed. But is she a different person? I That might be overstating the point. Was it eons ago? <laughs> I don't think so. I would say no. <laughs> and she vents to her friends about it. She's like, he called me critical. He compared this to the date with Hayden. She's like, he didn't tell me don't go with Hayden. He expected me to read his mind because he's a child. If Logan chooses to go on this date, I will bleep up his bleep. She then is like, I've never been critical of him other than asking him to do more for me. (laughs) Like, again, you are allowed. It's okay to like be critical sometimes. Like sometimes you need to be critical to get the things you want. But like, but if you are you constantly are saying being critical of him, if you're constantly like, saying a lot of the time what you're doing isn't enough, give me more. That that is being critical. <laughs> that is criticism. That is that is critical feedback. I think it's great for women to feel empowered to sometimes be critical in their relationships. But let's let's be honest about what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Logan goes to Lindsay and tells her that Kate, who is one of Lindsay's good friends from from their season. Um, he's like, Kate expressed that she didn't want me to go. And, you know, we've come far enough. Yeah. I don't think I should go. So good news is lots of other guys are dying to go with you. And, he, and she's and like, Lindsay's are like, they? She's like, obviously they aren't. And so she very quickly is like, okay, I'm leaving. Like, yeah. Literally, there is no one here. Right. There's no one left. And I do think that partly Logan is also feeling a little bad like it feels really bad there's no one who is really dying to go on a date with her and like it's not good to to turn down it doesn't feel good to turn down someone's date card when they don't no. have a lot of other options they, that puts them in a, in a not so fun position and he makes he finally makes the choice he he tells her no and Lindsay's like yeah i'm gonna go home and logan tells kate i don't regret it And I told her that I feel so strongly for you that I couldn't go. And Kate's like, good job. Good job, my sweet boy. 
this is the problem. Logan is like kind of he's not being totally honest with Kate because because he, he I don't he think he's being totally to, honest with himself. And I think he wants to keep the relationship more than anything else, and so that's why he is making the choices he's making. But yeah. he he also is conflicted about the relationship, but he can't let on that he's conflicted to Kate. There's because there's no space for him to be critical of her at this point. Right. There's zero space for that. And he doesn't want to go there. So which I think is something that Johnny is picking up yeah. on. <laughs> Johnny he is, is like getting real, <laughs> real defensive of his bud Logan. Yeah. Logan tells Johnny. You know, Johnny's like, do you regret saying no to the date? And Logan's like, well, I do wish Kate had shown a similar commitment to me. And Johnny's like, yeah, I wish that I felt more sure about where her head is, but I don't. And he's like, yeah, I'm just feeling protective of my buddy who has been in like a downward mental spiral for (laughs) days because she had to tell him to step it up in front of everyone at a rose ceremony and like completely threw him into this neurotic spiral. And I don't like it. I don't feel good about what she's doing to my boy. So then Kate comes over and Johnny is like, "Do you are you happy that Logan stayed? And she says, yes. And Johnny's like, all right. Because we're going to talk about you later. And she's like, great, you should talk about me. And he's like, oh yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want to oh. hear from your boyfriend's friends. Exactly. Meanwhile... <laughs> Andrew is going on a date with NC. And I want to call something out here before we get into this date because they cut right to the date and we never see him have a conversation with Jesenia at all. Later, we see an extended conversation between him and Jesenia, which is sort of framed to be the next day. But in fact, I think it is the conversation he had with Jesenia before he went on this date. Oh, interesting. Continuity. Yes. That makes sense because... Because it doesn't come up like, oh, you didn't even talk to me, you know, yeah, which is always it, right. a bone it's of contention. It's weird. The framing is very odd. And also they make it seem like Andrew just like got up and went with NC. Yeah, and they uh, definitely it, just cut all that out. Even if that was a different conversation, I'm sure they had one or it would have become a whole thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's the one we see later, though, just because of some of the tenses that we are that they use, yeah. which we can get into. Oh, but, a close yeah. read. We love and also it. the outfits. Also the outfits. Yeah, the, the outfits are the same. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they have this terrible date. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for NC and Andrew. It's not a good date. <laughs> to be fair, I suppose it was supposed to be a double date, so it would have been a little more fun yeah. to do as a group. <laughs> But it's just the two of them playing, like, beach games together, like, ring toss and, like, throwing a a football around. (laughs) At least they get to eat oysters. I was like, oyster happy hour, I'd be down. They do finish up with oysters, and they have a, a fun chat over the oysters, and he's feeling really good. He's like, I have this great thing with Jesenia, but I feel like maybe we're on different pages, and... NC has got me excited. She gave me a kick in the heart. So let's do this. And they they start to eat the oysters. He reveals it will be his first oyster. And NC says, fun fact about oysters. And I knew immediately what she was going to say. Which I mean, she there's does only say one fun fact about oysters verbatim. that we eat. <laughs> They're an aphrodisiac. 
So then they eat their apparently comically large oysters and laugh about like how horny it's making them. Just having a grand old time, being like, here comes the surge of arousal. Ha ha. What an enormous oyster. Good first date <sighs> vibes. And back on the beach, Jasenia is venting to some of her friends about how even though Andrew's a great guy, he's really closed off and guarded and keeps things inside. And she's like, I feel for NC. She doesn't know she's taking a guy who's so closed off. Actually, this does really track with her and Andrew have already kind of having already kind of broken up. She's yeah. almost like it's her problem now that he's so yeah. closed off. And that yeah. sucks. For I think her. a lot of the reason their relationship seems so confusing is because they cut they the Jasenia and Andrew's stuff like very oddly. Yeah. And on their date, I have to say, NC is not finding Andrew to be terribly closed off. <laughs> His mouth is very Andrew, open and it is on yeah. her mouth. And I think that Andrew is genuinely just like more into NC's energy. Like they're just kind of vibing in a romantic way more. Yeah. I feel like Jasenia almost with Andrew had to make a little presentation for why they were a good match and there are a lot of like reasons like things yeah. similar interests and stuff and then he was like okay uh with nc it's more of just a feeling of excitement exactly. and so they're floating in an infinity pool and their little swan floaties making out and this is when we cut to the conversation that happened either before or after the date i'm pretty sure it was yeah. before i'm <laughs> I feel I feel like it was before. It makes a lot of sense because it's also like full daylight. And usually a date goes at least into the, the late afternoon evening. At least they're almost they basically always come back in the dark. Yeah. When people are in different outfits, dressed up for the night. I, the passing and, thought I had at the time was like, wow, they had an incredibly short date. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Also, because he says, like, I'm in a really difficult situation. I feel like I need a little up. I'm just looking for some happiness to get out of this. And I'm like, so he's still feeling in a funk. And to me, this is why this is him justifying going on the why date. he needs to go on the date. Yeah. And so Jasenia says, you know, you've you haven't given me a chance to get you out of the funk. You've been so disconnected. You haven't really let me in. And now with NC, you want to try? And he's like, well, NC just has this good energy. It feels like a fresh start. And Jasenia says, well, you know, I think I feel more strongly for you than you do for me. So this isn't easy for me, but it is what it is. And they hug, and that's kind of the end of the conversation. And she's kind of devastated and and hurt. She's She's like, I thought we were on the same page. I know we've all had a rough few days, but... I thought we had this foundation we could build on and things could get better. And and I thought he was a safe space for me and that we were that for each other. And apparently I was off base about that. It's just one of those classic dating situations that like sucks. It sucks when you realize someone's not on the same page as you. It sucks when you would hope for something and it doesn't pan out. Exactly. So she, she handles this conversation gracefully, I think. And she cries a little bit at the resort. She thinks about leaving, but ultimately decides to stay. I think that she and Mara are both sort of like, 
you might as well stay. Like we're here, spend some more time we're on here screen, and spend some more time. And we the have gang. enough friends, yeah. exactly. And you never know for like, sure that that the perfect guy won't walk down the beach minutes after you leave. So like, what the hell, right? Meanwhile, they're like, we'll just hang out with each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have each other. It's very sweet. Yeah. Meanwhile, Logan is confused. He is spiraling over the Kate situation. He sits down with Tyler and Britt, and they're like, how are things with Kate? And he's like, good, I think. Except, like, that it, like, kind of sucks. I don't know. It's good. There's a lot of, like, do this for me, but, like, she doesn't do that for me. Or, like, I need this from you, but she doesn't give me that. And, like, I don't know. I don't know how it's going. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> This is a miserable man who is lost in his relationship. And of course, at this very moment, Gabby and Rachel walk down the stairs with their giant engagement rings on. Odd to see those now. Yeah. And all of the men who were on their season's faces just fall. (laughs) In terror. Completely turn white. Johnny, Tyler, and especially Logan... Yeah. Are all freaking out. And Logan tells the camera, he's like, I thought I left those relationships <laughs> out at sea. Ah, yes, we were on a cruise ship. He's like, I broke up with Rachel. She wasn't happy with me. Then I dated Gabby and I really liked her. And then I disappeared because of an illness. <laughs> the one he I talks about it, it, he almost makes it sound more like a conspiracy. And I <laughs> yeah. do believe he left because of COVID. He did. Uh, <laughs> and he says, now I'm dating Kate, who's best friends with both of them. Let's see what happens when you put them all in a jar and shake 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 it up. I will say Logan has underrated comic timing, as is evidenced by his TikToks. He's a funny guy. I I think that Tyler is the only one who's got to be feeling totally good about this. Yeah, he's like I. I was just dumped. I didn't do yeah, anything. <laughs> I was the I was the there for the right reasons, ready for the next step guy. She broke my heart, and I handled it really well. Johnny, too, has to be having a little, like, Gabby and I broke up because I said I wasn't ready to get engaged, and now I'm on another engagement (laughs) show, and I don't think I want her to tell Victoria that I'm not ready to get engaged. But lucky for Johnny, it is Logan who will take all the heat, which brings us to night two of this week. Again, Gabby and Rachel are on the beach in some white eyelet one in a dress, one in like a skirt set. This feels like a very intentional, like look at our bachelorettes. Soon they will be brides in their white lacy garments. Frankly, luckily for both of them, they will not soon be brides. I think they're both going to be just fine. Thank goodness. Um, And their friends are thrilled to see them. They see their rings and they start shrieking like, you're engaged. Ah!" (sighs) They it all... was a beautiful month or so for them. <laughs> and then they take all the women to chat. And yes, Rachel really talks up Tyler to Brittany, who is thrilled They're to They're both hear just it. like nothing, like tens across the board. Yeah. I love how good of a review someone gets when it's like, neither of us were interested in him. He's awesome. So glad you're with him. Yeah, we didn't like him. <laughs> we're so happy for for you guys that you are into that. That's great. <laughs> um, Victoria tells Gabby that she and Johnny are falling in love. 
And her in the moment, she's like, he seemed so tense when he saw them that I'm kind of in protective mode. But it never Gabby, really goes it anywhere. No, you see Gabby's face sort of be like, mm, yeah, mm, but she doesn't say anything. Yeah. And then they really Logan. dig in. They take out their knives and forks. They're like, time to feast on Logan's reputation on this beach. So Kate and Shanae tell um, Gabby and Rachel that they've both dated Logan. And Shanae is like, yeah, he said he really liked me. And then he went for Kate. And Rachel and Gabby are clearly so primed to just be like, this fucking guy. Of course. Like, he did a bunch of shit on our season. He, like, threw a wrench into our relationship. Like, they're not into him. <laughs> and they're like, again, of course, they, like, they are like, this is just, what's happening is the same thing that happened on our season. Right. They kind of just project that. And Rachel's like, he was the only guy who flip-flopped between us. It was so disrespectful. I don't respect Logan. She says this multiple times. Multiple times. She doesn't respect Kate, him. Kate is like, oh, God, I guess I have to dig more into this. So she pulls the two of them for a private conversation. And she's like, look, Logan and I have a lot of chemistry. We laugh a lot. And Rachel and Gabby are like, look, we get it. Yes, charming. We both liked him. But mm -mm. Yeah. don't trust him. Yeah. Uh, they, they're pretty harsh. They're rough on they're him. They're pretty harsh. And it's what's interesting is that all of the women left behind are really shocked just by what they saw the season, in the public part of the conversation. They're like, right. Clearly the they season have, hasn't aired. Right. And they're like, but what's, but what that tells me is that they have spent all this time with Logan and they, they, they have seen what, what happened with Shanae and with Kate and with Sarah. And they came away, came away with the impression that he's a really good guy. And they're like this disdain they have for Logan. That really shocks us. Yeah, Flo is like, I'm confused. Like, maybe he wasn't sure about them, but he could still be sure about Kate, which I think is absolutely true. And it's also interesting to bring Gabby and Rachel in this late because at this point, I'm like, all the people on the beach have spent a lot more time with Logan than right. he spent with either Bachelorette. It's not very at useful this information. At the same yeah. time, like, that's the only reason that they would bring them in at all is to like mess up oh, a yeah. really established relationship, <laughs> not to like nip something in the bud. We no, they're like, oh, uh, we could really sow some doubt <laughs> for Kate right now. She's yeah. already she's already teetering. So I think we have a, a clip of what they tell Kate about Logan. He doesn't know when something good is in front of him yeah. and he doesn't have it within himself to like commit to it and be like, yeah. this is worth it. He's used to having the power because he did flip in our season. It was almost like, I feel like when he broke up with me, it was almost he was in the position of power. Yeah. Why yeah. are we giving him so much power? It, why does Logan feel like he's the bachelor? Like, oh, I'm not with you. I'm with, like, he always have, yeah. has felt yeah. in the position of control. He has a bit of, like, an ego in his mind that he yeah. is the ultimate. But it's, like, when you see someone else, like, worthy, why would you still put up that front? It's, like, it's yeah. readiness to be in a relationship. I don't even know. So, first of all, I feel like Ugh. I'm catapulted back, like, three months in Bachelor I know. Discourse. I do remember when we were all, like, completely shitting on Logan and some of the analysis of that. And... It just doesn't seem fully to be a reflection of Logan's 
character. Like, the fact that Gabby and Rachel were put in a position to not be fully empowered on their season because there were two of them and men could switch between them. Like, I don't love how Logan handled it, but functionally, that was because of the structure of the show. Right. It was a choice of the show. The show did make decisions in order to disempower the Bachelorettes. And I understand why Rachel and Gabby would not have such fond feelings about Logan. Of course. But I don't necessarily think that they have the best insight also, I'm like, as to who Logan is. Gabby, the reason that he came off as having power is also because you let him stay. Like, he could have just been rejected and sent home in disgrace. And you entertained him. And now you're saying to Kate, like, you shouldn't entertain him because of what he did to Rachel. But you knew about that. And you still entertained him until he got COVID. Like, this idea that if Rachel is good enough, he should have just continued dating her and maybe getting engaged to her because she was worthy. Uh, even if he didn't feel like she was the right match for him. I'm like, I just don't think that that is how people should approach relationships. I agree. It's not agree. about like, oh, she's worthy enough, so I'll just stick with her. It is about compatibility and who makes you personally like excited and, and comfortable to be around. Yeah. But, and, you know, it's I feel for Kate also. Yeah. It's like you're two good friends that you do, of course, with good reason, trust their judgment. And yeah. you don't want to do something that, like, jeopardizes your friendship with these women that you love. It's just, like, it made me yeah. feel stressed inside. Yeah. They're like, how do you feel now? What are you going to do? No pressure, but Logan sucks She's and we like, don't awful. respect him. I mean, and I do feel like if I were in Gabby and Rachel's position after what happened and I came in and heard that he had dated, like, a bunch of women and he told one woman he really liked her, then I would definitely do exactly what they did. I would extrapolate a lot based on what I personally experienced and what I was hearing. But I don't think that that summary is reflective of what we've seen with Logan, which is that he was really invested and committed with Shanae, and Shanae jerked him around, treated him like... a a fallback option and made him miserable. And he finally was like, listen, I just think I need to go with someone who seems to make me happier. And I think that he has every right to make that choice. He put in the time with Shanae. He tried to make it work. Absolutely. I I agree. I agree. I don't fault Gabby and Rachel for having not awesome feelings about him, but I don't actually think that they're correct. I just feel like Logan, at one point they put up the Chiron, like Logan 26 can't do anything right. And that is the position he's in. Like he is trying so hard to not flip flop again. He really stuck with Shanae until he was like, I just can't do this anymore. Cause I'm so tired of getting treated this way. And then what Sarah asked him on a date. Fair enough. He goes on the date. Kate also asked him on the date. That's how the show works. He's like, I really liked Kate and not Sarah. I'm going to respectfully dump Sarah and Kate and and Sarah and Shanae. And I'm really going to invest in Kate now. And he's been doing that even again to the detriment of his own happiness. I know. He can't win no matter how much he puts all this time. And I so rarely feel sorry for men. I know. It's truly shocking. I was texting with Claire and I was just like the most shocking turn of the season of Paradise is that. I like Logan now. Like, I am yeah. defending Logan. Based and on you know what I have you... seen, I don't think he is at fault for 
the fact that he has somehow become the playboy of paradise. I think it's the opposite of what he was trying to do. I actually agree. (sighs) But Kate is left sort of being like, I don't exactly know what to do with this information now. And as they're leaving, Gabby hugs Logan and says, I have beef. Treat my girl well. And Logan is like, oh, no. feels He's like, I don't feel good about me. I I was like, Gabby, (laughs) why did you keep dating him until he got COVID if you have such beef? Clearly, she's had a lot of time to think about how things went down with with Rachel and to align more on Rachel's side of things, which I I love for them. But oof, I really feel I really feel for Logan. Surprise, Ooh. surprising as it is. <laughs> and so now Kate has to decide what to do. Should she dump Logan like her besties want? Or should she just make some more demands that are not criticism, but just purely demands about how he should be an act in the future? Time will tell. Meanwhile, a date card has arrived. For Tyler, he and Brittany are going on a date. He's like, I want to solidify things and be just like Aaron and Genevieve. <laughs> My guy. I don't know. Maybe... Brandon and Serene, Danielle and Michael. Aim higher. I want these people to aim higher. (laughs) Please romanticize a more (laughs) healthy relationship. Speaking of which, which. we immediately cut to some audio from the mic room. I love this kind of breaking the fourth wall. It's great. So we can hear the beginning of a fight that Genevieve and Aaron are about to get into. I believe we have a clip. I'm feeling so impatient. What? I don't know. I felt it all day. And I'm just like very impatient. I don't know why. There's nothing to stress about. We're at the beach. No, I'm not stressed. I'm annoyed. It's the same thing. Might as well be. Definitely not. So it is? Definitely not. It's rooted in the same exact thing. Trust me, I know. It's not the same. It is. No, it's not. It's like saying itching and pain are different. It's itching. different. It's very different. No, itching, itching is, is literally low form pain. Is itching and pain are those two different things? Or are itching they... is low form you pain. You can't. Oh wait, you can't just like explain. Oh boy. I still like can't believe this happened. I've watched it like three times. I know it. They are. Oh, God, I don't even know how to discuss this fight. Obviously, fighting just about itching being low form pain or not is stupid. But it is important to note that what they are actually fighting about is that Aaron cannot handle Genevieve describing her own emotions in the way that she would like to describe them. He's literally, that is just a piece of evidence he is trying to summon to prove that he is qualified to tell her how she's feeling. Trust him. Trust Trust him. him. Yeah. Oh, you don't think you're stressed? You are, though. And you shouldn't be because you're at the beach. That's the thing. She's expressing a negative emotion. And first, he's like, you shouldn't be feeling that because everything's fine. You're not feeling a negative emotion. And and then she's like, I'm not even talking about the negative emotion that you're saying I shouldn't have. I'm talking about a different one that I'm definitely having. He's like, no, you're not. And they are the same. And trust me on that. I know that they're the same and that you shouldn't be feeling them. 
And that that's actually what the argument is about. And then he switches it seamlessly onto ground that he feels he has more actual expertise in than her instead of her feelings, which obviously she has more expertise in. Instead, he's like, I know because I read it somewhere that itching is low form pain. And, and no one can fact check him, which is really great for him that none of them have access to Google. I mean, I, I also want to say I feel bad for Logan, who had to like <laughs> was clearly also in the mic room getting like mic'd up. Logan is just like, what? But then it does become a debate among ev- like people are like, oh, well, they're having a fight about whether pain and itching are the same. Once it escalates, they they start yelling at each other. And so all anyone else hears of this is are itching and pain the same thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, things have escalated to the point with Aaron and Genevieve that they can't even speak to each other anymore. Like, Aaron is, like, shouting at Genevieve, don't yell at me, look it up. I'm trying to make you feel better. By screaming at you. and That's a tried and true. Tried and true. (laughs) Genevieve is like, am I yelling? And he's like, you are. Have a good night. I'm leaving. And then he, like, stomps out. And then Genevieve, who frankly should have already self-eliminated because I think she's just like not doing well, understandably in this environment. Because she's in a bad she's relationship like, with a manipulative person yeah, she's who in a doesn't bad care relationship <laughs> and is just like over it and has been through enough. And I wish her freedom. And she's just furious. She's like, he's really going to like yell at me about pain and itching. Like I'm done. I want to go. She's like always has her bags ready to. Yeah. To walk right out. Meanwhile, everyone else is debating whether pain (laughs) and itching are the same thing. Serena's like, I don't think they're the same thing. They pull uh, uh, Bruce, whom we are told is a boom operator on the crew. He's like, the crew is familiar with itchiness because there are so many bugs here in paradise. But I tell you what's causing me pain, having to keep listening to this argument. Thank you, Bruce. (laughs) You know what? To make Aaron happy... I did look it up, but he's we not going to be happy with the res- the results of my research. He's not going to he be is wrong because he's wrong. He is wrong. And I have to say, <laughs> this is the most delicious thing in the entire world. He's out here screaming, resting his whole relationship on, you will believe me. I am yeah. the authority. I know everything. Very easily, when you Google this, debunked immediately. The, the top hit for is itching pain is a Nature article entitled, An Itch is Not Low-Level Pain. I found several other reliable-looking sources that agree, including a Harvard Medical School digital article um, quoting a, uh, a researcher at Harvard, explaining that for years, the itch sensation was thought to travel along the same nerve pathway used by pain signals. Itch, in fact, was considered a weakened form of pain. Modern molecular genetic and anatomical studies now indicate that itch usually follows its own distinct course. I should say that these sources are from a decade ago. So, Aaron, your research is wildly behind. You need to check yourself stomping around here being like an itch is low-level pain and that's facts. I'm starting to think that maybe rats have not actually evolved to hunt pigeons. <laughs> Can I trust we a have single thing he's facts. saying? Ugh. He's just like a factoid machine. They're all wrong. He is truly like, 
he, oh my God, he's just out here. He is like the the fucking freakonomics of he the age. He is. And he is also like, okay. So he and Genevieve have this bad cycle, this bad dynamic. But I feel like what it really comes down to is that Aaron will needle her and needle her. And then when she snaps at all, he's like, why are you yelling at me? I'm trying to help you. And then when the argument really explodes and she is extremely emotional and distraught, he'll just go vent to his his boys about how crazy she's being. And like, oh, she's probably yeah. on the jungle path with her designer bags right now. I was trying to help. Like, I don't know. She's just too much, man. I don't know. And then the the boys are like, yeah, you're not yourself when you're with her. You're such a happy guy. You're a kind person. I'm like, the fuck was he, like, is. No, he is? He is not. He is not a kind person. This all goes back to him invalidating her feelings, needling her, trying to get the upper hand on her in this stupid fucking argument, which all started with him not wanting to listen to her actual feelings. And then he tries to act like she is the one who is making him feel bad. It was very frustrating to watch. The only good thing that Logan did say was, I don't think you guys are healthy together, which at least finally some of them are starting to really realize and say out loud. But of course, Genevieve is indeed on the jungle path. They cut right from Aaron making these like snarky comments to Genevieve wheeling her suitcases down the path. And we have a clip of what she is saying. I cannot see a life outside with him. Absolutely not. I wouldn't be happy. If we don't agree on something, he gets angry. It was literally about pain and itching. Again, like, it sounds insane, but that's what he freaked out on me for. And if pain and itching are the same thing, I would be in a lot of pain. Because I have a lot of mosquito bites everywhere. And I've been itching all day, and it's not painful. <laughs> she makes some good points. She does make some good points. And I was like, yes, Genevieve, stay with that. I cannot see a life outside. Just go. Free yourself. She has like blinding clarity about how unhealthy this is for her. She's like, I'm not happy. When we have a disagreement, it turns into him like berating me and getting mad at me for not just like agreeing with what he's saying. It's not respectful to me. I can't do this anymore. And then he'll just like amble down the fucking jungle path and be like, Let's just keep doing this. And she's like, okay, I guess things are good again. It's like, <sighs> it's so hard to watch. She's in so much pain, but, and, and he doesn't actually seem to be in pain. He's like annoyed with her. Yeah. Why is he, why is he, why is he dragging this along? Does he just, I, I just think he wants to maintain the upper hand. I think that he can't handle an argument ending not on his terms. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of this. Like, in every conversation, like, and we discussed this before, but it's like he is only kind and magnanimous when it can be on his terms. Yeah. And he is angry when it's on his terms. And so Genevieve can't just leave. He needs to be, like, I guarantee you he will be the one to end the relationship. And that will get to be on his terms. I'm so mad about it already. And like, he can't they don't have an off ramp even for the stupidest argument about a disagreement over a scientific fact that neither of them can check at that moment because he is enraged by her not taking his word for it and 
So it just keeps escalating, even though it's the stupidest thing. There's no off ramp to be like, well, one day we'll Google it and you'll see. Or like, you know, I guess we'll have right. to agree to disagree. It's just like, bow to my scientific big facts knowledge, lady. Sorry. It's <laughs> scientific big facts knowledge. <laughs> That's his whole vibe in a nutshell. And meanwhile, everyone at the beach who thought it was so romantic that they have, like, so much passion in their relationship is now, like, wow, can you believe they're still fighting and toxic? And I'm like, yes! It was I literally so can. abundantly obvious <laughs> this whole time. So he does intercept her on the jungle path and sort of restarts the argument. And <laughs> it's like, pain and itching are the same thing, though. Oh, my God. And she's Aaron. like, look. I just won't let someone talk to me the way you did. That wasn't okay. And he says, you started shouting at me first, and that's what triggered me. And she's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, you said you were already upset at the beginning of the conversation, so obviously you did. And she says, no, I said I was impatient. And he says, well, you look upset now. It's like, there's just this, like, free-form sense of, like, if she's ever copped to or expressed an emotion, that is applicable to the point in time when he needs it to be applicable. Right. It's like you're upset Ugh. now, so that means you were upset earlier, and that and like the the boundaries bad. of what they're discussing are always changing. So it's like impossible to follow. And I feel like Genevieve is just always in a state of confusion. Like, how do I even respond right. to this? She looks eventually so she's like she looks like she's she trying does. to like hold her head together with her hands. Eventually, she is like, look, I was pissed because you said, have a great night and just left. And like, I felt like you were just completely dismissing me. And he's like, well, I didn't want to talk to you in that moment. Oh, like, okay, Erin. That's fine. If you didn't want to talk to her in that moment, then her feelings don't matter because everything is on your timeline. Right. And here's the thing. Sometimes people do need to take space and can't continue on. But then you need to communicate that to someone. You can't just like, be like, well, I said my piece. Now you're not allowed to say yours. Like, sorry, that's not how a relationship right. and works. And if what you need is a little space so that you can continue the conversation more constructively, you don't say something hurtful rude. or rude. Right. Like, have a great night in this way that communicates <sighs> I'm done with you. You say, like, I think we need to take a, a, a little time to simmer down. Yeah. Let's talk later because this is not going well. And she kind of expresses that to him. She's like, you know, I I wish you would have just said, we'll talk later. I felt blown off. And he's like, next time I will. Does that make sense? Like, are we good? And she just looks so confused and sad and, like, broken. But she kind of lets him hug her. And she's like, yeah, it makes sense. But, like, it still seems like it doesn't quite make sense. Because it doesn't make sense. She needs to get out of this. He tells her, I never want you to be upset. That that actually, it sounds like a sweet thing, but it is the root of all their problems. He has a delusion that he always makes her happy. If she ever has a bad feeling, it is a reflection on him and his manhood. And right. the best way to handle that is to just tell her not to be upset so that she's not upset just anymore. scream it out of her. <laughs> scream it out. Bully her out of it. Convince her out of it. He just is fundamentally discom- like uncomfortable with her having any strong emotions. Yeah, that yeah. aren't just like, overarching love for him like he he he's like when when you're emotional it takes over everything yes when when men call women emotional that's a negative i just always a bright red flag for me 
I mean, he's literally like, when you're emotional, that's bad. But when you're not emotional, yeah. you're nurturing and sweet, and that's good. And that's why I fell in love with you. For the side he's of you like, that I just, has no emotions. I just want to, I just need a woman who's sweet to me all the time. And not emotional. And not emotional. And he's like, I've tried everything. I've given you sweet love. I've given you tough love. I'm like, she's not a dog you're training. Like, it's not like trying out different, like, methods to see what works on her and controls her outbursts. Like, I don't think that you understand at all or you understand too well and you're making use of it. Like, that you are the driver in all of this. Like, I've never seen a conflict between them that was not driven by Aaron to his own Mm -hmm. advantage. And it makes me so upset. I feel like he's skated on a lot of it with the fandom because he is funny and he is sort of charming and winning. When he's not doing this shit, I also enjoy watching him. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's okay to to act the way he's acting with Genevieve and then to cast it as like, well, you're just so emotional and that's bad and you need to go back to not having emotions or being upset ever. Uh, it's really, it's really upsetting to watch. In her, in the moment after they kind of wrap up this fight, Genevieve just seems so depleted. She's like falling in love in paradise. It's all fun and games. I'm like, it shouldn't suck this much to be in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah, like look around you. Like do the other people who have been consistently together the way you and, and Aaron have, do they seem miserable all the time? Do they seem like they're not having much fun? Or is that specific to your dynamic with Aaron? (sighs) We're going to take a quick break to ponder this question. And we'll be right back. Can you keep up? I like, love it. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) Turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe. And it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 
timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. Things aren't going well for Genevieve and Aaron, but all the other couples, they're just in a state of bliss. Victoria and Johnny, Shanae and Joey, Danielle and Michael. Danielle tells Michael she's crazy about him, and he says that he's starting to feel excited more than he feels scared, which means he's opening up, and that's good. And NC and Andrew have been hanging out since their date. Jacenia and Mara are like, yeah, we don't have any options here, but I bet we could still find love somewhere else. Yes. You are both, like, just <laughs> extremely hot people. You're going to be fine. You should have more than, like, three options. Yeah. When you reach the point where you're like, I guess I could marry this random guy who doesn't seem to be fully in a relationship yet because he's the only one left. It's like, I'm sorry, you're not like, you're not like a frontiersman out there being like, there are literally no women for 50 (laughs) miles around. Like, there are options in the world for you. Meanwhile, Tyler and Brittany are on their romantic dinner date and it. There isn't much to say about it. There's it goes like really nothing well. to say. They have a great time. Yeah. Tyler is just like such a right reasons guy. Yeah. Brittany's into it for now. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, great. Yeah. She's like, I'm falling in love with Tyler. It's like being a kid again. It's so fun with him. They dance in the street. They make out a successful date. The next morning, Thomas and Becca show up in paradise. Uh, I love them. I was excited to see them. I also was excited that they were introducing an actual activity. Yes. Something for these people to do other than sob on the beach. Yes, 100%. I also <laughs> love that Ashley and Jared had to stay for like four episodes, but everyone else who pops up is just like, hey, guys, and we're leaving. Yeah, Bye. they're here for like four <laughs> hours. Like, that's that seems reasonable. That's appropriate. Um, and so they, at this point... We're engaged, but Thomas's proposal had not yet happened. So he is wearing his ring because Becca proposed first and he keeps showing it off. And Becca's it's like, so Yeah, I, I flipped the script. I popped the question. She's like, Come on, babe, show your ring. And he's like, I already showed it. He's like, I he's literally like just stopped it. showing it. All I've been doing <laughs> is showing it. And so Becca's like, In honor, 
or like in reflection of how I flipped the script, we're going to do something like that here in Paradise. We're inviting you to the first ever annual Paradise Sadie Hawkins dance. I have so much to say about this because (laughs) it cracked me the fuck up that they were like, Becca and Thomas, a progressive couple. Hmm, How can we really integrate that energy into Paradise? A Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. um, A thing that was very popular between the 1930s to 70s. It was the big progressive thing that was happening at the time. I'm in the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. And for like, (laughs) I mean, I I also took a little bit of time to look into the origins of Sadie Hawkins Day and Sadie Hawkins events, which look, I think were things that were a lot of fun. I grew up, my mom is the one who first told me about the existence of Sadie Hawkins. But let's just say these things took place uh, in a moment where it's like women needed an explicit permission structure to have any power in romantic endeavors. Yeah. And (laughs) this originally comes from a comic strip, Lil Abner. And there was a character, Sadie Hawkins, who is the daughter of another one of the characters. And they are like settlers. And she is the, quote, homeliest gal in all them hills. Her father is absolutely frantic because she has just been waiting for suitors who never come until she reaches the elderly, elderly age of 35 um, and is still a spinster. So, you know, and yeah. as an unmarried 35-year-old woman, you know, I can say yeah. it's time to panic. And her it's time to really like, panic. Oh, no, she's going to be living at home for the rest of her life. And I'm like, sounds to me like someone to take care of that house for you. Am I right? Always good to have an unmarried daughter at home. To be a maid. Exactly. No, he wants to get her married off. So what he does is he calls together all the unmarried men of the town, declares a Sadie Hawkins day, and then the event is that Sadie is going to chase all of the men in town in a foot race, and if she catches a single man, he is going to be forced to marry her. To which I'm like, so. why would you participate if you didn't want to marry her? Like, the thing is, this is what's a the reward story, Claire, <laughs> and it's satire. <laughs> when it I first read this, strip. I was like, oh, this really happened. None of it makes sense. But when you know it's a comic strip, it does. It does. Yeah, it is a comic strip. But this became like this whole cultural moment, and it spawned Sadie Hawkins events, which then went on for for decades and, yeah, reversed kind of the cultural norms for straight women to kind of be romantic pursuers in a very, very specific and limited amount of time and context. And I just thought it was so perfect that Bachelor in Paradise was like, this is our big progressive stand. This. I mean... It's nice like to finally see a woman doing a promposal on this show. Let me tell you, <laughs> that spoke to my soul. It really did. I mean, it really does make you think about, and I mean, how even I didn't want to be pro- the proposer. Like, how that is still such an ingrained norm for women that's like, we are chosen, we are not the choosers, and If you have to choose, aren't you sort of a ridiculous, desperate figure who is chasing men and kind of 
locking wrangling them down. Them. Yeah. Um, unwillingly. And there are still these negative associations. And the Sadie Hawkins dance is supposed to make it sort of like cute and okay. Like he couldn't ask you even if he wanted to. So you get to ask. Right. So you 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 get to, and it's not ridiculous. It's actually romantic. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, I'm really sad. I'm really sad that we're like still there. And the fact that like Becca's proposal is so unusual speaks to why this is still right. You know, it feels like a relevant show thing almost... to even include. It right. like seems it so like... dated, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, women still do like never do the proposal. So how far have we really come? I do think sometimes girls ask boys to dances. I don't know. They I think do. Sometimes it happens. Um, Not me. I would but... never be caught dead being so <laughs> desperate. <laughs> I did ask my male friend to go to prom with me. And Aww. it was great. Oh, Yeah. I didn't do a promposal, though, because that was not that a, wasn't thing a thing in 2005. Then. God, it sounds exhausting. <laughs> but no, it's more common, certainly. It was not unheard of for a woman to to ask someone out by the time I was in high school. Yeah. Um, and Sadie Hawkins dances had accordingly, having served their purpose, kind of faded right. away. Fallen out of fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it also is just sort of like pointless on the show because everyone's already in a couple. So it's like it really doesn't matter at all who asks who. But I think it's actually an interesting season for it to show up because there has been so much conflict between the men and women over like who gets to be chosen and who gets to yeah. choose. Like the men are doing a lot of um, they're expecting a lot of equality. They're like. I want to be chosen just like you want to be chosen. And the women are like, no, no, only I am chosen. And that is my role as a woman. And you are to pursue me even when, you know, I am in the choosing position. Yeah, it's fascinating. We're really seeing these things kind of negotiated in, with uh, mixed success. Yeah, it's a big theme of the of the season. And I think one of the things that, is clear is that everyone wants to be chosen like the men want to be chosen they've they've heard that it's possible for them to get to be chosen too and they're like i love that i'd love to be chosen they're always talking about it like everyone deserves to feel special chosen that must have felt so good i felt chosen logan wants to feel chosen and women always wouldn't want to feel chosen yeah you know what know what's great if everyone gets to feel chosen and everyone gets to feel like they have the power to do the choosing, like we got to just open all that shit up to everyone. Yeah. I think it is just as, as, as has come through in the season, it's hard for women to let go of being the role of the role of being chosen because it, it just feels so good to be chosen. It's like the one good thing is that moment when you get chosen about being a woman. You're like, ah, this is what my whole life as a woman has been building toward. <laughs> so sad. I know. Um, the women do their promposals. Uh, and then I think my favorite was Danielle painting a dance, <laughs> yes or no, on Michael's face and showing him I like that. It was really cute. And then they start getting ready for the dance. Except for Kate and Logan, because they have to have a whole conversation first. (laughs) They have not yet discussed the fact that Rachel and Gabby just torched his reputation. Yeah, she's like, I'm still feeling a lingering concern that Logan is just a boy child. 
and unfortunately for Logan, <laughs> this means he does not get a big splashy promposal. I know for Logan, he just wants to get chosen, <laughs> and what he gets is like a stern talk and then <laughs> I know. a begrudging invitation. So she pulls him aside and she's like, "Before we dance our asses off." Gabby and Rachel had some concerns about you, and I'd like you to address them for me, please. And Logan is like, oh, my God, I've been in the doghouse for, like, way longer than I have been not in the doghouse with Kate. I've been in the doghouse, like, the whole time. I want out. Like, what do I have to do or say? <laughs> he's like, just tell me just what tell to do. Me. And she's, he's like, Kate, I'm just, like, out of breath from trying to convince you that, like, I'm, like, good enough and doing enough. And she says, it's not about what, who you are. It's about whether you're really in it or whether you'll go on a date when someone on your list walks down the stairs. And he's like, someone down the stairs, someone walked down the stairs yesterday who was on my list. And I said, no. And she's like, well, you you had to ask me first. And I thought we were further along than that. But somehow this doesn't escalate. They managed to, to get through the rest of this argument. I think we have a clip. Yeah. has to come to like words we can say those things to each other and reassure each other and not have to bring it to the cliff's edge you know <laughs> yeah um, yeah i don't want you to feel like there's always a something that is lurking around the corner with me or that there's like concerns to be addressed i want you to feel like you know me better than anyone who could tell you otherwise which is the truth another thoughtful Calm communication from Logan. And Kate is like, great. Glad we squashed that. Will you go to the dance with me? And he's like, yes. And they seem giddy. Everyone is getting dolled up because the theme of this dance is the 90s. Logan does point out that he was four at the end of the 90s. And Michael is like, I was in high school. Was in fact going (laughs) to a Sadie Hawkins dance in the 90s. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's time for everyone to put on their bubblegum pink flower accents, their hairstyles with tiny elastics and butterfly clips. It is truly so incredible and weird to see like an era that you, this is kind of our first decade that we really lived through in like a very conscious way that is now like a themed day for schools. Like, you know, in decades, they like we always did like 70s or 80s. Right. Yeah. And now it's like 90s, 2000s. Uh, and it is so funny. And like at one point, NC's like, you know, the 90s, like Britney Spears. And I was like, babe, Britney's first album came out in 99. She's really more aughts, but technically, okay. technically that counts. <laughs> there were, counts. I just wouldn't say like <laughs> that she is the epitome of the, of the 90s. 90s. Yeah. Britney Spears. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't really remember much of the 90s because I have, like, a terrible memory. Um, so <laughs> but we were, me, like, all conscious humans. Yeah. I was around, but I wasn't, like, doing the 90s stuff. I didn't, like, make little hairstyles with butterfly clips or, like, wear oh, trendy I, clothes uh, from Lim- Limited 2 or whatever. Oh, my God. That was my whole brand. Just, uh, yeah. just a lot of Limited 2 and a lot of butterfly clips <laughs> from the mall kiosks. Michael, I loved, was, like, in the 90s, we parted our hair in the middle, and it was the bigger the fluff, the bigger your stuff. <laughs> I was like, I do remember boys in middle school having that haircut. See, I don't. It was Did I live under that? a rock? 
Really? It was either that or it was the frosted tips. The frosted tips, I the remember. spiked up. Yeah. Yeah. It was, those were the two options. Like, you either have to have that, like, JTT floppy Flop. boy, like, middle yeah. part, nice swoop, or... The McDonald's arches. Yes. Yes, exactly. The McDonald's <laughs> arches or the, like, spiked frosted tips. Yeah. Um, he gives us a little look at how it looks on him, and I have to say, I think he should stick with his current hairstyle. Yeah, he does it briefly, and it very quickly goes back to his <laughs> normal part, and, which looks great. So everyone is having fun dancing to Woomp, there it is, getting their caricatures drawn, voting for senior super- superlatives. The men and women have each prepared choreographed dances for a dance battle. Again, I think they could have made more of this. Like, give me more activities. Do activities. I know. I want to see the process of them putting together these exactly. dances. Exactly. Show me the choreography process. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> and the couples are just living. They're, Brandon and Serene are making out. They're like, we're so ready to get engaged. I love that they clearly were like, every couple, including Mara and Jasenia, has to have time to be filmed in a quiet space on the same bench. They were clearly like, okay, Brandon and Serene, your turn. Go talk about your relationship. <laughs> This is this is the conversation bench. Yeah. Then Danielle and Michael are like, we're not ready to say I love you or get engaged, but we're like, we're good. We're talking about the future. Just Jasenia, of course, is having a harder time. Yeah. She's like watching NC and Andrew just have a lot of fun together. And she's like, that's like what I wanted. And also dances don't really go well for me in paradise historically. Yeah. I mean, at least this time she got dumped before the dance. And, uh, you know, at least she was able to process that in private. But it's got to be a sensitive subject. She tells Mara, like, I'm very triggered. (laughs) She's like, this was my situation last summer. I was connecting with someone and they chose to switch up on me. Therapy language. It is truly everywhere. And she's like, it makes me wonder, like, was it ever real? And she's decided that she really wants to talk to Andrew about how invested she's been in the process and that the way he handled things with her was insensitive. And so she grabs Andrew while he's playing a lively round of Velcro paddle ball with NC. And they go outside and... I think because Andrew, like, doesn't realize this is going to be a lengthy conversation he doesn't say anything to NC. So he just kind of like mid-game, like walks away from her. Yeah. Which will come up later. This conversation with Jasenia and Andrew was really kind of confusing to me. Like I wasn't actually sure what Jasenia went into the conversation wanting. Yeah. I think that Jasenia felt like she wanted to speak her piece and like yes. feel that he knew where she was at and like that she maybe would understand a little better where he was but it does turn a little bit into like a cross-examination of whether he is achieving like, his goals there here for the paradise. right yeah. and like there for the right reasons like it was i don't know i yeah. felt i obviously feel for just jasenia like it sucks to be rejected it sucks to watch someone you like have more fun with someone else it sucks to feel like you didn't get a fair shot or you know you weren't treated the best. At the same time, it's kind of <sighs> not her job to ascertain whether right. he 
has been fully investing in the paradise process as he should. And as she would want him to. Right. So she she's like, I just don't really know still where your head is. Like, what's your goal here? And he says to find love. And she's like, well, consider the track record. Like, Teddy and then Brittany and then me and then NC. Like, you get to a certain point with each one, but not enough to really commit. And he's Which, like, yeah, that's what paradise is. I have hope for love, but like it hasn't really happened. Yeah, And I'm like, he's right. Like, again, this goes back to this weird thing of like you explored things with a bunch of people that is suspicious inherently. <laughs> and like also all of these situations were different. Yeah. Teddy is someone he was completely committed to. Yeah. She chose to leave. Like, I don't think he had an obligation to be like, I'm not yeah. going to try with anyone else because I got dumped. Brittany, he and Brittany barely dated. Yeah. They'd been talking for like one day and then were separated. And he left Brittany because Jasenia made a play for him and they yeah. connected. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Jasenia's point is like, I think you've just skirted by paradise. You're not really investing with anyone. You're just connecting with new people whenever, you know, that initial phase has ended. And, you know, this whole experience has felt like a boy's trip. Like, you were always hanging with the boys. We only ever talked seriously for a moment because you were always with your guy friends. And he says, I had to. And she's like, you had to. And he's like, yeah, I was not well. I wanted to go home. And, like, then I had this last second thing with NC and I had to see it through. And Justine is like, well, why would you keep connecting, trying to connect with women when you know you're not in a good place to do it? Like, I... I do feel for Jasenia in that I think that it's hard to feel like you were investing because you thought that, like, he just needed space. But what actually was going yeah. on is that he wasn't really going to be available. And right. you were just kind of wasting time without realizing it, that he was fundamentally not really open to you and didn't really clue you into that. That must be frustrating. Also, we keep I, hearing the women say, you're just treating this like a boy's trip. And so it clearly is like an ongoing issue that the guys are all like, there's the girl I make out with sometimes, but really I'm I here. don't need to speak with her. Yeah, I don't need yeah. to speak with her. I'm really here yeah. to like shoot the shit with my, with my boys, which is the dark side of bromance is that then men are <laughs> like, I actually like boys. I like, I like men and not women except for sex. So the women are for sex and making out and the men are for actually liking them and spending time with them. And that is shitty. <laughs> yeah. I, I also just feel like though, Jasenia, she, she should have stuck with her experience yeah. and been like, this is what I was feeling. And I know things aren't, you know, are over between us, but like, I felt like I hadn't really gotten to express how I was feeling. It felt like you were disconnected. It felt like you know, we weren't on the same page and that you didn't really communicate that well yeah. to me. And like, that was hurtful. Instead, she's like making proclamations that I don't actually think are fair about like whether he deserves to be there or whether he like did paradise correctly. Yeah. And to me that I don't like that. And I do feel for Andrew and I understand why Andrew kind of starts to panic at this. He's like, wait, what are you like implying about me on, again, on national TV? Like that is clearly hovering over some of this as well. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what are you saying about me? Like, I don't think that this is accurate. Like I, Paradise is about dating. I don't think she's like saying anything so bad though. Like 
It's not like no. she's making some horrible accusation on national TV. No, no. But I, and my point is just that I think that Andrew is already in sort of a precarious emotional state and he's internalizing that in that yeah. way. I'm not saying that like Jasenia is saying something horrific. I just feel like that he's, you, he is responding to that very strongly. And yeah. I think that that's why. That he's just, like, not really in a good headspace. Whenever she would say something that's, like, this is what you were feeling or what you were doing, he's bridling because it's, like, he knows himself better than she does, of course. And, like, I think that's also really valid um, to to be defensive around, like, why are you telling me what my, like, plan here was or what my feelings were? Because I'm the one who is the expert on that. At this point, NC comes up to Andrew because she has been (sighs) steaming. That oh Jasenia is getting attention from Andrew and that she just has to, like, like, sit NC, and wait. NC, don't do it. NC, just, like, let them have a conversation. She comes up to them and says, can I grab you? And Andrew, without missing a beat, is like, I have to finish this conversation. Please give me a second. I will come talk to you. I because have it's to clear that Andrew does care about Jasenia and does care yeah. if he hurt her and, like, doesn't want to just abandon a pretty tough, intense conversation that they're kind of trying to dig yeah. into and nc does not take this well nc is like spiraling she goes back to the group she's like he should have walked away i'm gonna lose it why does he need to talk to her why does he need to give her validation they weren't even like in a relationship like it doesn't make any sense and i'm like nc they were together longer than you and andrew than you and andrew have been together yeah and also like having a conversation with someone and respecting them is not like Oh, just frivolous validation. Like, yeah. The women keep trying to be like, oh, yeah, I know it's so hard, but they're clearly a little annoyed that they're just having a conversation where everyone can see them. Like, everyone, please calm down. All (laughs) see what's happening. Like, it's not like he's making out with (laughs) Jacenio over there. (laughs) It's not even like he's having a great time and he's like, maybe I'm getting it back with Jacenia. So, back with Andrew and Jacenia, she's basically like, I feel like, that my time with you was wasted because of your approach. And he's like, yeah, I, it was, I apologize. And she says, I didn't come here for bullshit. And he says, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm not. And then NC comes back again and says to Andrew, I don't know what kind of validation you're giving her right now, but I need you to walk away with me right now. If you care to pursue this. And Andrew just looks so tired. He's like, this is, that's not what this is. And NC just cuts him off and she's like, it is. It's validation for her. And Jasenia calmly responds and makes a good point. She says, it's actually not. And you're actually giving him an ultimatum. And that's not fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who would find this conversation validating on Jasenia's end. Like, despite all my. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know. These are just it. <laughs> two people like kind of hashing out a previous like breakup rejection, whatever. Yeah. Like. And Andrew says to NC, like, I'm just trying to let Jasenia know where my heart was because I want to be friends with her after this. And NC says, are you sure about that? And he actually laughs in shock and is like, he's like, yes. yeah. And Jasenia is like, you just got here. So, like, you wouldn't actually know about that. Like, what do you know about our relationship and whether we have a strong enough bond to be friends in the future? Like also, it's just betraying such an intense amount of insecurity to yeah. not be able to, and like, an, honestly, not respecting what Andrew is saying that he needs to do. Like, if he and Jasenia were never really in a couple, then 
why can't they be friends? Like, they spent, like, a week hanging out all the time. Right. And that's, like, meaningless because it wasn't a real relationship, but it was too much of a relationship for them to be friends now, I guess. I don't know. And she just wants him to not be having this conversation anymore. And she's like, so you want me to just stand on the sidelines? And he says, I'll come get you in a second. I need to make sure Jasenia is okay. I'll see you in a second. And NC walks away and says, I don't know if I want to. (sighs) Jasenia is like, I still don't know where your head's at. And Andrew finally kind of breaks. And he's like, you want to know where my head's at? My heart is still with someone else. Yep, you got me. My heart's still with Teddy. I, like, tried I tried hard with you and with Brittany, with NC, and I just, like, basically still feel like I don't have clarity on what happened with Teddy. And Jasenia is like, okay, cool. So there was just never anything between us. And Andrew says, I just could never get to a point where I felt anything crazy. He says, I'm here for real. I'm here for the right intentions. And she is just like, well, it's clear we don't see eye eye to eye on this. I'm leaving. And he sighs and he says, do what you must. I mean, obviously she should leave. I don't know why he took that like such such an attack. But I I can see that this is a really tough. uh, I think it's just a tough conversation. And it's like unfortunate in the sense that neither of them really leave this feeling good. They like were both, I think, genuinely trying to reach a point of understanding. But they're just maybe they just can't right now or it's just or even if they understand the other one it's not going to feel good um and they just need to to both leave and jesenia says bye and she's just like i'm tired i'm so exhausted of picking the wrong guys the guys that aren't ready don't know what they want and i'm like i get it i get that feeling I don't think Andrew was like the wrong guy. I think it just like wasn't there well, for the two. That of you. Ma- that means he is the wrong guy. So I yeah. I, th- I don't think she's she's incorrect about that. She keeps saying like I know he's a nice guy. That's what makes yeah. it so hard. But like it's hard to find someone that you think because he's a nice guy and you have things in common and things are going is well, going to be good. To that you means he's the right guy. Yeah. But like yeah, he's not. And oh my god! I, I you know what I do actually really feel her because I am fully the person that always went for the nice guy that everyone would be like he's never gonna hurt you he's yeah. so nice and then inevitably he would like definitely dump me <laughs> right because it's like I'd just be like but you were nice supposed to be nice doesn't mean that they like are just there to you know stay in a relationship with whoever exactly. wants a nice guy unfortunately so also sometimes nice guys are conflict averse but uh, <laughs> also, also true that. yeah um. So Andrew is just, like, completely hollowed out following this. And NC, meanwhile, is furious. She's, like, talking to her friends. She's like, I wait on the sidelines like a puppy dog while he plays on the field. Twice I asked him to walk away with me, and he didn't. Sounds like three strikes to me. And I'm like, does it? It sounds like two. You literally said (laughs) twice. What is the third strike? She's adding a third. It's a bonus third. The third is her current feelings you want you think he's having fun out there playing games on the field he's having a personal conversation that he is not enjoying at all and now he is so emotionally hollowed out that he literally needs to leave to save himself but nc is ready to make him feel better he comes over to nc and he's like let's talk and she says what the fuck she comes at him so hard and then switches so intensely when yeah. things are not going the way she wants them to. Yeah. 
It's one thing to make an ultimatum when you think it's going to get them to leave the other conversation and be with you. And it's another to swallow it when they're like, all right, fuck off then. (laughs) But like, as Andrew says, they like each other. They had one date. But that is all that is there. And he's like, I felt like we were on a good path, but I wanted you to trust me in handling these kind of situations. Yeah. And this is when she's like, oh, fault is being found with me. So it's time to backpedal. She's like, it's not about the fact that I don't trust you. I do. It was just that we were playing a game and you walked away without any acknowledgement. Fair. Yeah. Fair to be annoyed. He's like, I apologize for not saying anything to you as I was pulled away. And she says, it's like you're a floating magnet just following after I came up to you twice and it was just complete dismissiveness. And this, I think, really gets Andrew. Like, he's just like, wait, now I've been told. Like, he's like, I'm trying to do right by people and I'm clearly not. And like, I'm so tired. Right. And at this like, point, is he going to have says, fun with NC for a few days after this? No. Right. So like, time to leave. Time to go. And at this point, he's just like, look, my heart is also still with Teddy to an extent. And when you walked down on the beach, I truly felt hope. I wanted to explore that. But like after this, like I just, I yeah. can't be here anymore. Like the way that that was handled went against everything I believe. I try to be a good guy, but, and NC at this point is like panicking. Yeah. She comes over to him and like holds his face and is like, you are a great guy. Never for one second did I think you weren't a great guy. And Andrew's like, but I just can't stay and nc decides that it's time to beg i think we have a clip andrew please please i'm sorry i have to i'm andrew please it's not you i I promise you i'm done andrew i can't do i can't do please 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 dude please I'm, I'm, i'm literally telling you i cannot anymore please I cannot. I've given. Andrew. I've given my last heart here. Andrew. Dude. Andrew. Please. And see, I'm. I'm done, dude. Like I, there's. I. There's literally nothing. Like it's not you. Please. Please. I'm literally begging you, please. Just. Just tonight. Please. I'm sorry. Andrew. Nancy, please let me go. I have to go. I'm sorry. Oh, oh it's painful to listen to that back. Oh my God. This was this was very, very hard to watch. They've I can't emphasize enough that they've been on one date at this point. And I understand feeling like excited and hopeful. Yes. But he doesn't owe it to NC to stay at all. Like, and even if he did in some sense owe it to her, if he couldn't for his own mental health, it would still be the wrong thing to to beg him and try to make him feel like a bad person Absolutely. for leaving. That he Especially has to, like, when it goes on this long. Like, he is saying repeatedly, this isn't about you. I am telling you, 
please like let me go. I need to leave. I don't have anything more to give here. I cannot do this anymore. Like he is very clearly communicating. I am not okay. And I need to not be here. Yeah. And like, she just is not, it's just not landing. Yeah. I think unfortunately for NC, there was probably no way that this was going to go well for her regardless, because I think just from the conversation he had with Jesenia, it was almost like without meaning to do him a favor, Jesenia maybe kind of pushed him to the point of realizing something, which is that he has some other shit to figure out before he continues trying to date. But NC maybe was screwed regardless because of that. But then for her to come in really hot twice and try to assert herself in a dominant way in that conversation and show that like she is the one who tells him where to go and who to talk to was exactly the wrong move and to then resort to like begging him and being and like guilting him and not really giving space for his feelings like whenever he tries to express like my answer is no you have to let me go she just like talks she cuts him off to just say please please i'm begging you don't go it was really um it was just really sad to watch the position that he was put in and I really felt for him. And you can see that a lot of the other people there are also like Andrew's like really been going through it. And like, he does not need all of this shit tonight. Like Flo's like, yeah. he's been in a bad place. Like people need to be more careful with him. And like, I've made a little fun of people on the beach for being so dramatic about how things have been going down with Rodney. But I do think that we talk often about mental health after being on the show and the impacts that you face when you get home. But it seems like there's a lot of evidence on the table that Andrew has been struggling with it pretty acutely on the beach. And that is extremely, like, valid. Like, he needs support. Yes. Yes, he needs support that cannot be given when he's filming a TV show. Like it's just, and trying to get into new relationships. Like he's, he needs to leave. He needs to make an exit. And I think that he's been resisting kind of acknowledging that because that's a hard thing to do. But this pushed him over the edge. And he's like, I just, I have to protect myself right now. And I think that we've seen with a good number of people, like really explicitly on this season, just express how hollowed out, how exhausted, how depleted they are from this experience. And it's clear that a lot of them are not really doing well. And I want to commend Andrew for finally drawing a boundary and being like, I need to, I need to leave. I need to not be here. Yeah. I, it's such a fraught like dynamic. I'm saying that a lot this episode, but like Jessenia and Andrew are both more experienced on the show. Like Andrew was on the bachelorette for most of the run Jasenia has been on BIP twice. And I think that you see a certain level of like composure in both of them throughout this, even though they're not communicating very well. They're both really trying to communicate with each other and being aware of like the pressures that the show puts on these conflicts mm-hmm. and trying to navigate that. And NC is coming in a little bit more hot, fresh. like fresh yeah. without quite as much of that protective um, skin from spending a lot of time on the show. 
And it it's not a good contrast to how Andrew and Jesenia are trying to keep their composure. But she also at the end is like, this really fucked me up. Like she's sobbing in the SUV. She's like, this fucked me up way more than The Bachelor. And so this was probably her first experience with really getting like emotionally sucked in and spat out by the show. Yeah. It was just really rough. I really, really hope Andrew's doing better and um, healing. (laughs) Me too. In the SUV on his way out, he's like, I knew I wasn't 100% there, but I had to get to the bar that I was at with Teddy and no one could match it. When she left, it was never the same. She knew she had my heart. I have nothing left here. I gave it everything. I just hope they're all doing okay. I hope Jasenny is okay. I hope NC's okay. I hope I really hope Andrew is okay. Also, I really am curious how it feels for Teddy. It like I don't I doubt she's watching to be honest, but yeah. Like, I wonder if she and Andrew got a chance to kind of hash things out after. I guess we will never know because she did not participate in the reunion, which, again, props for boundaries. I think in re- like it's clear that Teddy was not as invested in Andrew as as he was in her. And, and that sucks yeah. um, to be on the it other side of on, that. But yeah, but that is what happens often when dating. Yeah, it sucks. Um, kind of a brutal episode, but. I think we both appreciate that there were more activities and changing scenery, and that's what we want to see more of to sort of relieve the stultifying sameness of so many people laying around the beach crying for four hours a week. So (laughs) thank you for that, I guess. And next week is finale week, so we're almost there, gang. And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. I love to see Logan's calm and thoughtful communication style. I really enjoyed his TikTok about impressing his TV girlfriend with how rich he is. I can't stop watching it. I can't stop. The Monopoly money. Highly recommend everyone checking it out if you've not seen this already. He's grown on me. I don't know. I, I find myself on his team. Also love to see the appropriately brief and yet delightful cameos from some old faves like Thomas and Becca. They know not to overstay their welcome, and I love that for them. Also loved seeing, finally, some more cute moments from our solid couples like Brandon and Serene and Danielle and Michael and and Tyler and Brittany as well. Just actually getting to know some of the couples who might end up leaving the beach together, which is a crazy concept. (laughs) Also love to see the attempts at 90s hairstyles from the ladies. And yes, of course, Michael's valiant effort. We just love a throwback. And now it's time for Hate to See It. A lot of stuff this episode. Hated to see Aaron calling Flo and Mara cradle robbers in competition. Ew. (sighs) Relatedly, Victoria at one point says, Battle of the Cougars, the claws are coming out. I just want to retire these I tropes. Know. I feel like now they're them. almost, they almost see them as like cute throwback concepts. It's like vintage yeah, bachelor. I feel the like they're just like, okay, out. I'm going to be kind of cheeky here. But like, Ugh. again, you can't ever be like sarcastic or joking in an ITM because it will be played earnestly. Right. And then it becomes <laughs> like, it's like ironic sexism. Right. But it's like, what is the actual fact of that? It's a lot of women being called cougars and cradle robbers. 
on the show, and it's not that ironic at all. Also hate to see the gross food date. I want to officially lodge a petition to let Justin go on a date where he isn't treated as just the sweet little baby-faced filling of a traditional Mexican treat. Um, (laughs) I think that he can show more range than just being taco meat or a churro (laughs) dough. And I want him to have that opportunity. I really, I really like that you are just like seeing what Justin can be (laughs) and really advocating for him. We also hated to see Aaron just continually moving the goalposts of his fight with Genevieve, kind of confusing her and ultimately getting her to stay on the beach despite the fact that she clearly should have left for her own well-being and the fact that she clearly stated that she does not see a future with him because of the way that he speaks to her. I also hate to see him spreading misinformation about whether itching is low-level pain or its own separate type of sensation. Erin, uh, yeah. please do your research. Make sure that your big facts are, in <laughs> fact, facts. We also hate to see NC ignoring Andrew's clearly expressed desire to leave by begging him to stay for way too long, like to the point where he has to beg her to let him leave. Just like ignoring his boundaries and emotional needs and um, just being really inconsiderate. I know that everyone was drunk and it was it was a, an emotional moment, but it went on way too long and he was he was really going through it. And finally, we have our steaminess rating out of 10 margarita hot tubs. Or this was not a steamy episode. Yeah. Not for me. There were major conflicts, tense conversations, breakups. Like, steaminess was just just some little moments in B-roll. Yeah. A lot of more business-like conversations about the state of the relationship moving forward rather than steaminess at this point. I better get some more steaminess before those engagements. That's all I'm going to say. I think we are going to get some overnight dates, so holding out hope. Thank God. And on that note, that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon, and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please follow us, rate five stars, and leave a review. And of course, tell all your friends about our show. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week for the Bachelor in Paradise finale. Stitcher. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. 
Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.